Hello and welcome to The Better Business Show with me, Tom Idle. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up this week... If you're a food manufacturer and you've got, you know, 15 tonnes of a product you don't want anymore, there isn't anywhere for you to go currently. If you aggregate the waste of manufacturing, you've got 600,000 tonnes a year that falls in that category. It's about a billion pounds. Yes, we're in the company of Campbell Murray this week, CEO and founder of TakeStock, a company with a plan to use the principles of eBay to solve the food waste crisis. Stay tuned. Yes, welcome back. This is episode 38 of The Better Business Show. Thanks for tuning in and and coming back to us. Now, in case you missed it, we launched a brand new podcast on Friday, our Better Business Show Friday 5. Uh, saw myself and Vicky Knowles give you a digest of the very best stories that you should be aware of from the last seven days. Uh, and we're going to do one of these every Friday um, in tandem with this, the main Better Business Show. So don't miss that. Uh, the best way to not miss it is to sign up to our newsletter. Uh, just head to the website, betterbusiness.show. Uh, give us your email address and you'll start receiving our newsletter, which comes out on a Friday. And that will point you to the the Friday Five show, as well as rounding up the main show that came out that week. Um, so this week, I'm speaking to you whilst in absolute agony. I have a terribly bad back with slip discs and lots of spasms going on. So I'm in absolute misery today so apologies if that comes across in my voice but I'm sitting here at my desk in absolute distress uh, I'm happy that um, yeah ho- hopefully that the hardcore painkillers will kick in soon but if anyone's got any advice about coping with bad backs then then give me a shout please let me know um, anyway enough of my grumbling let's kickstart this week's main story So there was some new research that came out last week, uh, released by lovemoney.com, which said that over the lifetime of the average British person, uh, they're going to throw away around £12,350 worth of food. So they've taken some figures released by RAP, the food waste charity, and found that each person spends about £196 uh, every year on food that goes straight in the bin. They extrapolate that from the age of 18 until the average life expectancy of 81. Um, and then we sort of reach this depressing total, £12,350 over a lifetime. Uh, for a typical family with children, uh, we look at an annual waste bill of about 700 quid a year and a shocking £44,100 of food over that 63-year period. Um the average household buys around 26 uh, kilos of food and drink every week, of which almost a fifth isn't consumed, according to RAP, and this amounts to about six meals a week. Among the most common food items wasted are bread, milk, potatoes, and meat, and fish, and poultry. But the problem of food waste stretches completely along the value chains, not just about the food that we scrape off of our plates at home. It's about the retailers, who order too much food. It's about the farmers that are producing too much food or not the quality of food expected of of supermarkets and also consumers. It's such a huge, huge issue. And many businesses in large distributed industries have a problem with stock being unwanted in one location and being in demand someplace else. So step forward, takestock.com, the subject of our show this week. Uh, it's a, 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 an online platform created 
uh, to make it easy for owners of stock to sell their unwanted items and to find a buyer in an efficient way rather than turning to scrap as the usual option. And thankfully, Take Stock is focusing on the food manufacturing and agricultural sectors where 600,000 tonnes of food is wasted every year in the UK alone. I caught up with the founder and CEO of the business this week, Campbell Murray, to find out how the system works and how he plans to deal with food waste said to cost the UK 1 billion every year for good. Here's our conversation. Campbell, thanks for joining us here on the Better Business Show. Um, yeah, let's let's dive right into your, your business take stock. Um, and why don't we start with the, the problem, Campbell? What's, what's the, the big problem in the room here that you're trying to solve with your business? Yeah, great, Tom. Thanks. So the market around food, you can't turn on any food-related article without reading about food waste and how big a problem it is. It's very emotional as well as financial. We started the business two years ago almost to try and tackle the, the B2B angle. We felt that there was a lot of good stuff out there and stuff from the greening networks right through to the kind of street uh, C2C transfer models like Oreo. There's lots of stuff going on around the not-for-profit space and charity space to redistribute food. And that's fantastic and plays a great role. What we thought was missing was if you're a food manufacturer and you've got, you know, 15 tons of a product you don't want anymore yeah. and it's a private label product, there isn't anywhere for you to go currently. And right. roughly speaking, if you aggregate the waste of manufacturing using deficit figures, it's about 600,000 tons a year that falls in that category, about a billion pounds. So we felt that, that, that the first protocol should be a commercial marketplace, like an eBay almost, to allow people to get to buyers and say, well, I've got, you know, what, 10 tons of dextrose monohydrate I don't want, and, and hopefully somebody out there could, could, could enable that to, to be utilised rather than go in the bin. And when you couple that with the fact that these guys have run incredibly tight margins and timelines, they don't have the bandwidth to go out and hunt for buyers themselves. So by enabling a digital market with enough buyers and sellers to be there, you can hopefully find a buyer for everything. And that's the long range game to get to the point where there's a buyer for everything. That was the tendency. Okay. I mean, you, you you refer to this as the kind of the trapped value, don't you, particularly in the food sector that needs to be unlocked. Uh, so you're kind of connecting these sellers and buyers, as you say, with a kind of eBay-type type platform. I mean, part of me thinks, well, surely the answer to is, is you know, to produce less waste in, or less goods in the first place, isn't it? Yeah, of course. And if you look at the numbers over the last um, 10 years, I mean, so Quartal 15 uh, kicked in 10 years ago, and the food waste at manufacturing level half in the first five years. So a lot of initiatives took place, a lot of great work. And in real terms, we're talking about less than 2% here of the industry's production. So the, the last four or five years, it's kind of flatlined. It hasn't changed. And I think these things become a you know, long tail, very hard to get to zero. Um, and what you see is a zero waste management policy kicking in at a lot of big food manufacturers. Like Unilever, for example, publicly advocates a zero landfill um, policy. What happens with a lot of these policies, of course, is that they don't go to landfill, but they pay something to waste to manage the product. So, for example, a lot of it will go to anaerobic digestion or animal feeds, etc., etc. Um, but the, the, the fundamental issue to stand for, which is, if you if you are a food company and you're at two percent or less waste, and you've done everything you can within your normal business model to reuse it and redeploy it, yeah. then that's probably a, a pretty good performance in you know in, in most people's minds. Um, our view is that there's still more that can be done to get that figure down towards zero. And, you know, these people have run incredibly efficient businesses, but for all sorts of reasons, you get left with stuff. Sometimes it's seasonal demand. 
you're expecting the barbecue season to kick in earlier than it did, and it didn't. You've made the products. And a lot of this is driven by supermarkets, of course, who control the, the demand side of the equation. So they'll tell their suppliers, make X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, and often the contracts that they have with their suppliers, the private label guys in particular, a lot of the a lot of the sort of risk, if you like, is in the, the manufacturer side of the equation. They have to have enough inventory to make the, the delta that could be required by the supermarket. And if it ends up being a little ball order, they're often left holding stuff. Um, right. Sometimes it's changing change lines, you know, it's changing product spec, it's changing, you know, delistings, all sorts of reasons why it happens. But as I said, the industry has done a great job of getting down to 2% over the last 10 years, but it's been flat, flat for four years now. So sure. we're, gonna, we're at the point where a different solution needs to come in in order to get that further down. Yeah, and this is where Take Stock comes in. I mean, who's using the platform right now? Who's the, obviously, there's buyers, there's sellers. I mean, who, who's selling stuff for, for, for a start? So most of our sellers are private label food manufacturers. We do have a couple of um, own label guys. Um, I can't really, I don't want to name names in the public domain, but you don't decide to see some of these people. There's some very big multinationals in there. Um, and the majority of them are UK-based private label food companies who make supermarkets. Um, but we're increasingly seeing a diversification away from that space. Um, and we're seeing market food traders come on board. We're seeing um, wholesalers come on board. We're seeing fresh produce guys. Farmers are a big area for us. We're seeing more and more farmers using the platform to try and reach a direct audience. And it all kind of comes back to the same thing, which is you've got food that you can't utilize in your core business of core channels, and there's somebody out there who might want it. Um, and and uh, some people are seeing us as a digital alternative to market, not necessarily distressed infantry, but just stuff that they've got and they want to sell it. So we're seeing a wide range of people using the platform now, but most of our sellers, private label, increasingly farming and fresh produce, and most of our buyers are independent food companies. You know, small guys, small food manufacturers, small catering companies, people who can adapt to opportunity when it's in front of them, um, as opposed to larger corporations that get very rigid procurement lines and wouldn't source the take stock. Right. And the buyers, are they largely uh, sort of organisations that would buy foodstuffs and then sell that on? Or would they use that foodstuff as a kind of, uh, the, you know, the raw ingredients for what they're making? Or is it a bit of both? It's both, actually, yeah. So we broadly talk about our buyers as a third, a third, a third. So a third of them are private food manufacturers. They're making something themselves. They're buying the ingredients and they'll use us as a way of reducing the cost of incoming products as long as it meets the specification. Um, and the second category is you know, catering and hostility. Again, a lot of these guys are independent catering organizations. They know what they're going to buy this month and use us as a way of getting it cheaper because it's, you know, it's perhaps um, not that time precious. They're going to use it this weekend at a wedding. So, yeah. so, and it's got three months in the product rather than four months. So what difference does that make? Um, and so the third category are the traders, as we refer to them broadly. And there are a lot of people out there who say, these guys will buy and sell it on. They'll often have a buyer lined up. They'll be, some of them are procurement consultants for the catering trade, maybe nursing homes, prisons, whatever. They have a client base of people um, who they can advise from a procurement perspective, and they use us to help source great deals. Right, right. And I was looking through your FAQs on your website earlier today and uh, looking at you know how, how the, the exchange works. I mean, your, your role in that is fairly minimal, isn't it? You, you kind of, you've created this kind of playground, as it were, and, and you're just letting everybody get on and, and work, work out their own deals, aren't you? Well, we're trying to add value without being disruptive. The, the model is to try and get as much information about the product as possible and sell it as possible so the buyer can make a good decision. 
Um, if you ask people a million questions, they just will not play ball. Um, so it's always a trade-off between getting the detail out of them and losing their interest. So the, the platform itself will enable full transactions to take place. So if you imagine you've got quantity, this is one of the reasons why there isn't an auction site, Tom, is because if you've got you know, 10 tons of product in yeah. 10 pallets, you're probably willing to sell at the pallet level. Um, if you go from the marketplace perspective, from the buyer, how many buyers will buy 10 tons of that product? I don't know, X. How many will buy one pallet? It's many times X. So by reducing the quantities, you increase the size of the potential buyer base. And so we felt that creating a platform that's more like a commodities exchange. So if you imagine you've got 10 times, you might be getting multiple offers of different quantities. Yeah. You will be cherry pick based on effort, money, and time to, to get the right deal for you to get rid of that. And that's right at the heart of what we do. And it's a lot of the tech we've built is right in the heart of being able to enable the sellers to do that kind of deal structuring. Um, and also, we do it through e-commerce out of it. So payment comes in to us. We handle the full transaction flow. So we'll notify the seller. You know, you could, we've never asked a seller to release products until the money's been safely received in our escrow account at Barclays. Right. So that gives them protection. You know, they never let go out the back door and have a credit risk. Sure, sure, sure. I, as you said right at the outset, you know, you're, you're solving a problem that's been around for, for decades now. I, why hasn't anybody else developed a platform like Take Stock before, do you think? <laughs> I, 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 I can't speculate on why that is. Um, a number of people have said that to me. They've been waiting for someone to do this. Um, why haven't I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's complex, you know. It is a difficult problem to solve because you've got, um, you've got issues around providence, you've got issues around... Um, building building a big enough community quick enough to, to make it work. Yeah. Um, you've got confidence issues. There's, there's a lot of legacy problems in the industry. A lot of people aren't tech savvy. We have a lot of sellers to large corporations and they don't have um, even up-to-date browsers to allow them to use TikTok. They've got such old browsers that it doesn't really, you can't do digital transactions. Right, there are right. lots of problems around inertia, behavior, and user adoption that we expect, and that's why we spend so much time with the market, but it's with customers, trying to educate them and handhold them through the problems. Yeah. So it isn't a quick win. It's not like a consumer business where you, you know, you just set that up and you get the vast scale very quickly. This is a business that, although it's digital in nature, it requires old-fashioned service account management and handholding to get people to, to become familiar and self-sustaining on it. Um, so there's lots of reasons why people probably haven't tackled it. I think we, our view is that... Um, we haven't seen a competitor anywhere else in the world do this. We've seen people trying to do different parts of the equation. There's a lot of ugly foot and veg guys around the world do what we do, but only in ugly foot and veg, um, class two. Whereas we, we, tend, we tend to take the view that actually if you build a food trading environment, then as long as you're good enough at tailoring the content, frankly, anything that's food related should be on there. You know, so if you're going to buy you know, a, ton of, a ton of duck and have the pallet of spring onions for this weekend's wedding, and look, there's a load of cutlery, chairs, and glasses on there as well, then you might be the market for that as well. So adjacent um, products make complete sense to us, but only in the food industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as you say, you, you are, you know, you're you are entering into a world that's fairly traditional and, you know, these these guys have been doing things a certain way for, for so long. I mean I, I first met you, Campbell, a couple of years ago, didn't I, at an event where I think you were keen to get in the room with some of the, the big supermarkets that were that were there at the time. I mean you know, what yeah. have those couple of years been like for you in getting this venture off the ground? I mean what what were the you know, been the big challenges you've had to overcome setting up take stock? Well, I mean initially obviously we did the whole thing self-funded and so getting to the point where we were VC back so we could start to build up a team and investment business 
was a big big milestone. We did that last year, last September. We we did our seed round and we took on board um, financing from four VCs to get the business moving. That's allowed us to build a small team and really get things scaled up. Um, but I think, as I said earlier, Tom, a lot of the problems are inertia driven. It's, it, you know, we have a lot of clients that say to us, yes, in the room. In fact, we've never really anyone seen notice. Everyone acknowledges the problem. Everyone says, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. And then, unless it's on their burning platform, they often don't do anything about it. Right. So even though we've been to see them, we've helped them upload the content, they'll not respond to offers, for example, for a week, and then the buyer loses interest. Things like that, that, that need a lot of hand-holding and management. So we track every offer, um, every question that's asked. We, we contact the sellers if they haven't you've responded fast enough to try and nudge them along. This kind of stuff is a big, big part of it. Um, but also, the major supermarkets, for example, one of the key initiatives that we've been driving the supermarkets and um, you know, we've talked to all of them basically, but some of them will be more uh, quick to grasp this than others. Is that the role we play with them is not Brett. They are an influencer to, to us to get in front of the, their suppliers. And we play a really nice role for them in the sense of you guys, you know, supermarket, you're the market drivers, you dictate in some respects what the sellers, sorry, what the suppliers you make. Uh, in response to what you interpret as market demand. And a lot of them, the pioneers are acknowledging that that can lead to waste. Right. That the more they stipulate demand and change and high availability, the more waste gets created. Mm. And therefore, we are a good option for them to turn around to their suppliers and say, hey, you should look at TakeStop. If you find yourself in this situation where you've got inventory you can't use, you should look at these guys. And we've made it as easy as possible to try and trying to buy every product is risk-free, there's no upfront money, if it doesn't sell, it's cost you two minutes of life, which is our core message to everyone. So why not give it a try, you know? Well, you're, you're, um, you're also, yeah. Team. I mean, you're, you're also making it really hard for them to come up with excuses about having waste, you know, food going to waste. Well, we think so, yeah. I mean, it's, it comes down to this whole thing about what's your, you know, when you come into work in the morning, where's your burning platform? You know, if, if your waste budget's under... under Two percent, and that's what you've been tasked to achieve. Are you going to get promoted or fired if it if it moves the needle out of the way? That's the the key issue. Is that there's always something else that's more of an issue for the individual that's involved in this. So emotionally, people get it. Emotionally, they buy into it, and we say, "Yep, absolutely." That's every time. Um, operationally, getting it into life and into working practice is a challenge for many of them. Not all of them. We've got a good chunk of customers. You have plot this, you'd end up with the usual. You know, early adopters versus laggards type model. Yeah. Have you know a good twenty percent of our customers just get it and are self sufficient and they're up and running in no time and they post adverts that was knowing about it and they just, just crack on with it. Yeah. And that's exactly how we set the model up to work. But there's the other twenty percent of the spectrum who you know we have to really really handhold them. We have to. We've got one client, for example, that only had uh, such an old version of PCs. It didn't right. even have Internet Explorer seven, which is the oldest version that we've ever even set of supporting. So they, they couldn't get Chrome, they couldn't, they couldn't do the modern browser experience. And clearly, websites have to be built with modern browsers in mind. You can't cover every possible variant. So we, we helped them go out and source a, a, an iPad or a, some sort of tablet device and set up a Gmail account so they can actually use our servers because they just were so behind on their tech, they couldn't do that. Yeah. And I, I, this is the kind of stuff, the inertia problems that we're trying to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, and and so what's next? You you've got an app coming as well, haven't you, Campbell? Tell us about that. Mm. This is something we've been working on since the start of the year. Um, we we know that for certain users, if you 
it's not on the phone in the pocket. They're so mobile in nature that they're just never going to look at a PC screen. And we believe that a lot of the inertial problems we see are to do with this, that people just don't get in front of a PC. They're out and about on the road, around a factory, and they're just never in front of a PC. So we think the app could be a game changer for existing users in terms of making it easier for them to respond to things, but also for bringing in people who would never get on the PC world. As I said, you're a street food trader in the market selling you know, um, duck spring rolls, something at Hammerston, you're not going to be ever really on your PC. So mobile for these guys is absolutely critical. And we've been working on this now for quite some time. Um, it could have stalled because we decided to rebuild the back-end platform. So the entire TakeStop site was rebuilt and put onto Amazon about four weeks ago. And the app development had to go nice for a little while while we did that. So we're now back full 100% effort on getting the apps out. I've got a Skunkworks version on my phone now, um, on Android. So we're, I reckon, a week or two away most from having this in the public domain. Brilliant, brilliant. And so, Campbell, what else are you up to? I mean, I know you obviously, you've spent your career in the in the tech sector, uh, but it seems like in recent years you've really sort of jumped into the startup world. Uh, I mean, what, what else are you involved in beyond take stock? Yeah, I've been involved with Wire from the beginning in the UK, so I've been on the board of two of their companies, MakeLight and GoCarcia. Um, as a board advisor, and, and so I'm still doing that in the background. But TikTok is my full effort. I mean, it's, it's, wait, it's one and a half jobs, you know, it's a full-time effort for me and then some. Um, because I think it's such an enormous opportunity to, you know, if we get this right in the UK, we're going to take it around the world eventually. Um, but our focus is right now just to nail the UK business, get this absolutely sorted. We, we hoped that the initial seed funding would get us to that point. In reality, it's going to cost us more. Hence why we're going back to the market shortly for another round Right. Small rent. But we think, again, the, the premise is we want to take as little as possible to get us to a point where the business is ready to go international. Yeah, um, yeah. So the next nine months or so, we should get us there. We're, we're hoping that by some summer next year, we'll have the whole thing pretty much baked. We know what works and we can take it around the world with confidence that we can launch it on the markets. And clearly, the US is a big, big target for us. We are actually seeing increasing demand in Europe already. We have a number of customers back. 12, 13% of our customers are now from Europe. Okay. Um, in terms of football traffic and in terms of registered users. So we're seeing demand in Italy, Germany, Holland, a number of key markets for us. So uh, especially post-Brexit as well, it's an interesting space for us, UK business. Do we, you know, is it realistic that we'll see an increase or decrease in trade between Europe and the UK? This is all clearly a big unknown for all of us. But yeah. we think regardless of that, we think that the, you know, becoming the biggest place in the world to go to and trade food is what this is all about. And the bigger it gets, the easier it becomes for everyone to find something that they want and for sellers to find buyers. Yeah, and it's very exciting times for you, uh, Campbell. I appreciate you coming on the show to to share the story. I think that you know the simplicity of the platform is great in in helping to connect the dots between buyers and sellers. And clearly, there's a real you know real need to use smart platform technologies like Take Stock to to solve this huge problem. Uh, in an efficient way where, you know, everyone's getting some real value. So we look forward to seeing what comes next with the app and uh, the next exciting nine months. And we wish you all the very best with it. Thanks, Campbell. Thank you, Tom. That's great. Cheers. Campbell Murray there, CEO and founder of TakeStock. Um, such a simple and straightforward idea. And it's such a surprise, as I said in that conversation there, that something like TakeStock um, hadn't come along sooner uh, I guess it's more a reflection of the, the tardy nature of the food and retail sectors in getting to grips with this. But, you know, there's lots of initiatives going on. It looks like the tide is slowly turning on food waste. 
Um, and the likes of Take Stock are playing a really important role in that, giving food manufacturers a different option rather than just dumping stuff, which has been so often the case. You can find out more about Take Stock on the website, takestock.com. Uh, we've put a link to that site as well as some pics of Campbell and the platform in today's show notes. Check out those on betterbusiness.show, our website. Um, and let us know what you think of Take Stock, of, of Campbell, of his vision of the show itself let us know what you know what you think of what we're trying to do with a better business show we'd love to hear from you and of course if you're a company or you know of a company that you want to nominate to appear on the show as a guest that would be absolutely uh, fantastic and also if you fancy becoming a commercial supporter of the show and using the the power of audio narrative for your sustainability storytelling just give me a shout you can find me on twitter at tom idol i'm on linkedin um, and of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show via iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, and while you're there, why not leave us a review and, and give us a star rating? That'd be much appreciated. So that's it from us. Uh, don't forget the Friday Five podcast, rounding up all the latest news from this week, will be available on, yes, you guessed it, Friday. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Until then, have a great week. <laughs>